Okay. Okay. So you started back in 2011. 2012. What year? Unmatch. Yeah. Unmatch started in 2016. 2016. Yeah. And I met you in 2017. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you came to meet Axel Ventures. Yeah, I was meeting Anand Daniel, the partner right. at Axel Ventures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, because you spoke about Mahindra, you, you initiated, I mean, yeah, what happened? I mean, that is your first CTO, right? Yeah, the first of a few CTOs until I finally took over as a CTO. Mm. So, Mahindra case was basically very interesting. Mahindra was, um, when I came back to India, you know, I wanted to do this, I was looking for a CTO, I put it up on different places like F6S, then you, uh, then um, AngelList and all. So Mahindra found us on AngelList and he approached us saying that, you know, this is my background, this is what I built and I know, I was very naive as a CEO at that time, I guess. Mm. So didn't expect people to lie. I was expecting people to be upfront about things. Mm. I was also expecting um, that, you know, when something's built, it's real, you know. I didn't, uh, I didn't have any kind of tech building expertise before that. Right. So, right. took on Mahindra as a CTO. The guy literally built a platform or a product, whatever you call it, in about one month straight. Mm. And I was super impressed. I was like, these are the kind of timelines I want mm. and great work and everything. And yet, I mean, there were many warning signs and a good technology person would have seen it. And they, they did. When I went to investors, they did express their concerns about these things. But he won't speak. No, Mahindra wouldn't speak and uh, yeah, you know, so and that's the first thing I told you. Yeah, you told me at that time. And for me, it was very new, everything was very new. So I was like, what really had happened was that um, he had made, he had done the API integration with the marketplace, that work he had done, mm. the two, three marketplaces, which we were testing, he had done. Let's not go into market. I mean, I still didn't ask your business and all, but he did the API integration, the backend work had been done. Mm. But what he had not done was he had not actually built the workflow orchestration on top. Mm. So he had not integrated it to the front end. There was no workflow orchestration. So the whole day, my team would push the products into the system. Mm. It would save it into a cache and then he would uh, download it and pass it through the backend. He was, he was cheating. He was cheating manually. And, um, in about October or November, he said, I'm going to US. Mm. And after coming back from US, he vanished. I couldn't find out where he had gone. Much later, about Jan or Feb, finally we got fed up and we were like, we need to find out where he is. And you went to wherever he Yeah, we went February, me and Saikat, we went to uh, Bangalore. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's where he stays. And uh, we tried to find him. And we were going around. And, um, you met his father. No, 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 no. That came much later. So we went to his old house, the one that he had mentioned in his mm-hmm. records, mm-hmm. and that didn't belong to him. Mm-hmm. Then we figured out uh, old, um, you know, passport copy that we could find online. So we were literally sitting there, me and Saikat, mm-hmm. and we were trying to identify where is he staying. Mm-hmm. So we found at at the address, and we went to the address. <laughs> that was really his address. But the problem is. He wasn't staying there, mm. and uh, the guy said, uh, "Okay, hold on." And they called him. Mm. He said, "Mat batana, don't tell him where he, mm. where I'm staying." Mm. So the guys refused to tell us. So that day, whole day, we traveled everywhere, and uh, finally we said, "You know what? It's okay. We will um, we return back." So we went in a non-ACI bus all night, traveled mm. all the way to Bangalore, and then next uh, same same day in the evening, we came back by another non-ACI bus. We came back all the way to Hyderabad, we couldn't find him. And finally, Saikat and me, we were brainstorming what to do. We used it, literally, we used a detective. Mm. So we went to a private detective and we said, find out where he stays. Okay, so this private detective said, okay, give us his number. Mm. And they acted like a, um, some sort of a, uh, you know, courier agent or whatever. I don't know what they did. I didn't ask. So they, they figured out where he stays, came and told us address. Mm. Again, we made the trip, okay? Mm. Two months later, we again made the trip, got there, and this time around, he was in the house, his father came out, and he said, you can't travel us this way. I'll call the local police and all. Now, the thing was, I had prepared for it. I had actually called the police commissioner and gone. Mm. Something like this is happening. 
So I said, you know what, go ahead and call the police. Mm. I'm okay with it. Mm. Because we are not in the wrong here. We did nothing wrong. We've come here to discuss. Mm. And we're not here to threaten or you know do anything of that nature. What did you want from him after two months? You know it was over. No, right? October onwards he's incognito, right? Mm. And we try and this is April. So you can imagine in a startup journey, six months is a huge time. Okay? Mm. And there's no tech development, no nothing. I don't have the code. And he's sitting with eight and a half percent of equity. Mm. Okay, sitting eight and a half percent equity in his name in the company. Mm. So either I dissolve the company mm. or I find out who Mahindra Kalpura is and what the hell is wrong with him. Mm. Okay, so I um, you know I met him and I said, finally he came out and he said, What do you want? And we were waiting outside the house for three hours. Mm. Finally he came out and he said, What do you want? I said, What do you mean what do we want? Mm. We want you to tell us what the hell is wrong with you. Mm. Why are you not doing this? Mm. He said, No, I can't do this anymore. Mm. So then tell us that straight away, there's no big deal, right? Mm. Return the equity, you've not done anything, return the equity. Let's part of ways. Mm. So I'll give you back the equity. I said, sure, give back the equity. We'll leave peacefully. Mm. And whole day we spent at a bus stop there, mm. next to his house. Mm. With, you know that concrete bus stop, we were sitting at that bus stop waiting for him. And finally around mid-afternoon we saw him running away in his car. Mm. So we chased him in an auto and we finally went to his workplace. Mm. And then much later in the evening he transferred all the equity to Antifa. Mm. Okay, so we had kept the Singapore company secretary on the line. Mm. He did the transfer. Mm. He sent a mail to them saying transfer my equity. Mm. Happened. Then he asked me how did you find me. Mm. I said, you know what, we, we searched for you, we found you. On our way back, Saikath was Googling and Saikath figured out Mahindra that the, and we only figured out because we finally found out where he was working. Mm. And when we found out where he was working, we figured out that company was actually owned by him and it was an outsourcing company. And that company was actually showing us as a client. Where he was a CTO himself, right. and instead of being the sole CTO, he was taking money from us to manage the team. Mm. And in reality, he had done nothing. Right. Right. So this was Mahindra, and finally we got uh, done with Mahindra in April. Then I think in May I hired Shesha Chala. I don't know this guy. Yeah, you know he was, he was gone within a month. Or two. Yeah, about a month. Uh, so Shesha was sexual harassment case. Uh, uh, that was that was the case. Huh? Yeah. So I hired Shesha, mm. and I asked Shesha. You know what? What all do you know? And his CV looked uh, impressive, so I was like, okay. Mm. Uh, so this is what uh, this is the kind of CTO I want. Hired him, gave him a task, mm. and again my naivete shows because I was really naive, and um, you know I again and again made mistakes. Till about 2018, I made tons of mistakes, oh, yeah, and, yeah. and Archana keeps reminding me of that all the time. No, I'm also going to remind you of those. <laughs> uh-huh. So, uh, 15 days he doesn't deliver anything. Okay, so I then um, I got a couple of interns and I said, do it with them. He still doesn't tell him. So then what I did was I sat with him and I said, tell me honestly, do you know how to code? Mm-hmm. So he says, look, I'm a scrum master, this, that from TCS. All the things in the CV are things I don't know how to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if you don't know why they're on your CV. Mm-hmm. And the guy tells me, everybody does it in Hyderabad, you know. Mm-hmm. Everybody beats up the CV. I'm like, no, everybody does not. Right. So anyway, so... I fired him on the spot, so Shesha left. Then about uh, two, three, Shesha introduced me to one of his friends, mm. uh, Mr. Murali Bombay. And Shesha was like, uh, you know what, Murali is a very good developer mm. in my course only from my college, and I know him, and he will build the thing for you. Mm. While Shesha was acting as a CTO, mm. he introduced. Mm. So after Shesha left, I went and met Murali. Mm. At the time, Murali had broken his leg, mm. cycling, mm. he had a bad cycling accident. He had broken his leg, he was sitting at home and Murli initially refused to be the CTO. So I said, don't be the CTO, you be the consultant, you build it. Mm. Took him about close to two and a half, three months to build something where it was initially working, right? Mm. Um, so again, I had some hope that this gentleman will build it. And uh, so this is 2017, October. And mm. then by December, we were getting the fundraising discussions were in the final stage. Right, right. And this fundraising was from? The agility. Agility Logistics. Agility was one of the most important investors right, in the account. They invested 250,000. And then there were other investors who came in. So total of about 500,000 is what we raised. Right. So at that time, I told him, look, they will want to see a CTO. Mm. I And I have to show a CTO. Since you're building it, you want to be the CTO. So finally, uh, Murali said, okay, I'll be the CTO. Mm. Became the CTO. And then um, January, we raised the funds. And there was a timeline. I said, can you deliver this by October? He said, sure. Mm. February, I asked, can you deliver this? Sure. March, I asked, show me something. 
He said, no, no, you'll only get to see it near the end of the project. You can't interfere now. Right. So you have this Ivy League degree uh, and you did your MBA from there and you didn't know that, you know, this how a product. I mean, you've handled products before, right? No, I've not handled products before. I've but you haven't, I mean, you are an outgoing guy. You've talked to so many entrepreneurs also. Didn't you discuss this issue with anybody? No, I didn't. Uh, okay, so here's the thing. I um, spent the first uh, nine and a half years of my career in the Navy. Now, that's a certain kind of a place where you do what you say you do. Mm-hmm. Right? There's no faking it because you can't fake it, right? Mm-hmm. What, you, what are you going to fake in the Navy? So, first of all, my upbringing yeah. and my yeah, entire thing no, is in the Navy. Where I'm getting at is that there's a process for everything. That's what we are taught everywhere. Yes. And the new agile way of doing things you have, you get to see weekly months. Sometimes no, you see, I'm a business side person. I'm right. like, I'm not you, you assume this guy is going to be your real co-founder. And yeah, yeah, yeah. because I've given him equity, right? right. I've given him right. significant equity yeah, right. for him to be a true co-founder, right? Mm-hmm. And I've done the due diligence on him, I've checked the background, I've seen the work he's done. So I'm like, each time I'm learning, right? The right. first time I did nothing. Right. The next time I gave a project and I checked on the spot. And the third time he had succeeded on the project and that's why I gave him the CTO position. Right. So I did the due diligence. What? And this time now the learning was that for a co-founder, the culture fit is a must. And what happened with Murli is he was faking it continually. He also was running an outsourcing shop. <laughs> no, Murli wasn't running outsourcing. No. Uh-huh. With Murli, what was happening is I had hired these interns from KL University. Right. Right? So there was a 10-member team or something I put you know put together and I told Murli that look, we can hire experienced developers. We hired a few experienced developers, but nobody was working right according to Murli and we were continually firing them. Mm. So, um, and those guys were also very unhappy with Murli. So I thought that the quality of the developers is poor mm. and it's good that my co-founder is very careful about who he wants to hire. Mm. So in my mind, that was the right thing, okay? So I said, okay, fine, what do you want to do? And we decided on a strategy that we we'll hire straight from college. Mm. So we went to this college called KL University and we hired their end of third year students. So the entire fourth year, they would spend with us. Mm. At that time, it was a six-month internship. So people like Pawan, Akhil, and everybody came in at that time. Who run your company now? Who Today, they are the true uh, head of development, right? right? So they came in at that time as interns. Mm. And I started seeing the cracks appear around April, May. Mm-hmm. Now, what happened was, in he started having problems with every single senior management or everybody who was trying to get into, to see what's happening. Like, right. initially, it was with me. Big troubles with me because um, he was like, you can't interfere, you'll have to stay out, you can't talk to the developers, the developers have to only talk to me and all that. So I was like, okay, that's your process. I'm okay with it, but you need to give me daily updates. Mm-hmm. So he was giving me some sort of updates, etc. Now the gentleman used to come to the office once in a while, like in the morning for a few couple of hours and then leave. And the rest of the day he was on the phone managing the team. Okay. So I started suspecting something. So I said, you have to sit in the office. He said, I can't travel with my leg and I can't climb the stairs with my leg. So, because he had a broken leg and we had to climb the stairs. You got him a new office. Yeah, I got him a new office here in Kodakum. So, Murli said, okay, sure, you know. Uh, and Murli literally chose that office, but he later on claimed that yeah, yeah, I chose the office yeah. and it was not his choice. So, I was like, okay, fine. Um, around April, he had a fight with Archana and Bhavya as well. Mm. Where, um, and throughout he was having massive fights with HR, Divya. So Divya was asking everybody to submit their reports and all that and nobody was, right, right. and he had those issues. Then um, I had put one of my core employees, Abhinav, uh, to be his analyst, mm. to do the, uh, you know, BRD, etc. The requirements documentation. So Abhinav wasn't giving me any feedback when I was asking. Mm. So then I said, okay, you know what, um, Archana asked, you need to give us timelines. Right. You cannot keep pushing the timelines this way, you need to give us timelines and show us what you're doing. This was the time when I was consulting. I was also you were there, him, right? Emailing him, and he was he wouldn't like, it. and he he did he, he actually hated it. Yeah, I know. So he had a huge issue with you saying that this guy has worked in the valley. He says he doesn't know how to code, and he's coming and teaching me. Mm. And I and I was pacifying all parties, right? Mm. So I was playing the pacifier at the time. So I went and uh, finally in um, May, Molly decided to raise his hands and say, "I'm leaving." Okay. Uh, it was the beginning of May. I think it was the first of May or something. But he always used to. He always used to say, I'm Yeah, two, three times I managed to, yeah, he used to blackmail me. Two, three times I managed to retain him because we needed the product. We raised funding, right? Mm-hmm. We needed the product and I wasn't sure that I could build it on my And he believed he had you raised funds. Oh, yeah, yeah that was his core belief that his name on the right. deck was what helped me raise the funds. Right, right. Whereas I don't think that the, uh, 
The biggest thing for me was when Pawan left. Right. right? So Pawan left in uh, April. Oh. So Pawan left and uh, he was claiming that Pawan was hacking into our systems mm. and trying to uh, scrape the data from our system. No. Pawan came back, huh? uh, Yeah, I got Pawan back in October. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so Pawan left and um, for me, sorry, Pawan came back in August. So uh, Pawan left, uh, Maheshwar was put on notice and Maheshwar was told not to come to work. Uh, and Maheshwar was one of your best UI UX guys. Yeah, Maheshwar now to the heads entire UI and Pawan heads entire team, right? So um, these guys being fired was kind of starting to draw red flags. Is fired with Archana, etc. So I had a really tough call with him. I said, you know what? You prove it to me right now that you're doing what you're saying. You know? mm-hmm. And he said, you know what? I'm not responsible to you. I'm putting up my hands. I'll not do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Enough is enough. So we literally went to Triple IT to meet him mm-hmm. because he was doing some course there. Yeah, me, Archana, yeah. I think you were there. I didn't go. No, we went to his house. In the yeah, morning. we went to his house later to convince him. Didn't work. Yeah. What I realized was he was actually deleting the files in the backend. I see. So Akhil literally went and stopped him from doing it. Physically stopped him from doing it yeah. while we gained access of the server. And why would he do all these things? What would he mean? He was like, no, this is all built by me, so it is my property. I will keep it. You cannot use it. And I was like, you work for the company. You have an agreement that says that anything you build for the company is a company's property. So I'm getting at, is, this, is it his ego driving me or is it ego. shallowness? Shallowness and ego both, but mostly ego. The gentleman was very highly driven by ego. That you know what, I'm a developer. I think he also had some, so he was working in the telecom industry before, mm-hmm. where apparently he built something which the company didn't give him credit for. Some shit. Yeah, and I then he started his own company which didn't do well because somebody else stole the idea or whatever. Right? So, the point is, we all go through our things, yes. and he was carrying the baggage. He did, yeah, and he did move on, and he had a lot of impaired complex. And the little lies had interacted with him. Yeah. He had some put on superiority complex. He had five to two minute cons with him. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Would remember. that's not the point. Is, point yes, is, you picked the wrong guy again. Uh, yeah, I picked the wrong guy again. And then, um, in um, and May, he left. He left. Then, uh, finally, um, you know, I decided to outsource. outsource part of the project and have a team that was working with them so that when the outsource partners uh, done doing it, they would take it so home. You had two outsourcing partners. Yeah, but the second one came in later. Nofil and Santosh. No, Nofil was for AI. Right, right, right. And they came in much later. So it was, initially it was Caratech. Caratech and then Nofil's Hammond. Hammond came in later, but before Hammond, I think it was Rohit's uh, company that came in. I'm forgetting the name. No, 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 no. Rohit's company came in. Okay. Much, so, much so the point is, um, we went to Caritech, right. they were the only ones who agreed to build the entire thing in three months right. and they said they'll do microservices etc. Et yeah, they, they didn't deliver either. Oh no, they didn't. But it is my mistake to have expected that platform to be delivered in three months mm-hmm. for the amount of money I was paying. So again, naive, right? right? Over time, I've gotten a lot better at budgeting, forecasting, timelining. But in 2018, I still wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, this company is good. And by the way, they came through your recommendation. So I said, you know what? They've come recommended. They're good. They've got other clients, etc. So yeah, fine. We'll see what I'm, to do. I'm still working with Gopi. I'll come to that. Okay. Yeah. So he actually um, Satosh took over the project, and I put Pawan Akhil and everybody in their office to sit and work with them. Yes. So they would spend half the day there, half the day in my yes. office, right? So that's what. Um, and then in, uh, Pawan Akhil used to give me the feedback that this is not going to get done by October. Mm. So finally we went and they, they delayed the project by three more months and doubled the cost. So we paid again because we needed to show the investors that we were building what we were building. And by January finally, uh, the shell of what we wanted was done. Mm-hmm. Right? There was still all sorts of workflow, orchestration issues, automation issues, all sorts of stuff wrong. Uh, but at least it looked like it worked. Okay? So it looked like it worked. Um, so the front end was there and if you clicked on something, something worked, etc. So then I was also running out of money mm-hmm. and uh, Caritech wanted one third round at it and I said to well you guys, by the time I also found Rohit's company and that was a vastly different company. Right. They, they took a 1.5 lakh project and they literally spent 4x the money getting it done but they didn't raise the money, uh, they didn't increase the budget because they said we have given you a commitment, we will tell you. And that to me was the kind of partner I really wanted. Okay. Well, if they made a mistake that's their fault and they'll own up. And they'll say, we'll do it, but so it was not like Rohit's company was flawless because their developers were not great either. Okay, like Venkatesh and some other people. So finally, they had one good developer, Raji, who came in and built the rest of the product, etc. All these outsourcing companies depend on one 
one maximum two good yeah, actors, right? So Santosh was also just Gopi. Yeah, Santosh was Gopi. And whenever Gopi was not doing it, his other guys like Mahesh and everybody else were not really doing a good job. It was lacking. Yeah. yeah. So I uh, then in April two thousand, uh, no March two thousand nineteen was when Pawan came and told me that this product will never work. Mm. And Pawan's just become permanent. By the way, I hired Pawan back in 2018, uh, August. As an intern. No, no uh, yeah, he was initially hired as an intern. Mm. But August 2019, I called up Pawan and I said, I haven't got a job anywhere else. Mm. He said, I didn't get a job anywhere else, so I'm doing a machine learning AI course. Mm-hmm. So I said, um, I you know what, I anyways need somebody to manage my machine learning AI. Mm. I've handed it over to an external agency called Nofal, uh, called Hammond. The CEO is Nofal. I want you to work with Nofal and I want you to build this product. So Pawan said, I will not work more than 8 hours and I will not uh, do anything other than machine learning and AI. Mm. So I asked him, why are you saying this? So he's like, I literally used to work 18 hours a day. I'm like, what are you crazy about? Mm. Why did you work 18 hours? Mm. That is when I figured out that Muli literally woke them at 4 a.m. in the morning. Mm. He literally called them, woke them up at 4 a.m. in the morning like a cricket coach or like a sports coach. Woke them up. And was just making them write that same crawler for I five know. months in a row. I know. Right? Till about 12.30 in the night and then let them go and then they would sleep for four hours and then they wake them up. That is how bad the routine was and no wonder the developers were getting killed. Right? So, I told Pavan, I am the CTO now. I have taken over and nothing like this will ever happen. You do what you have to do and you will build the machine learning AI. And in reality, in less than three months, I went back to Pavan after he was hired and I said, I need somebody to build the rest of the product and you're the only one I have. Mm. And so Pavan said, sure. And he took over the rest of the product and then and in March or April, I think it was April, he came and told me, this product will never work. And you know, he was a kid, right? So he was 21 years and just out of college and no experience. And I had, had enough of techies by then. Mm. So everybody who had fooled me, mm. like Mahendra, Sheshacharam, Murli Mominani, Santosh, Everybody had said something and done something else. Mm. And I was slowly starting to get, like, you know, you have got that curve of experience where initially you think you know everything and then down the line you think you know nothing mm. and then slowly you start building up. So I was in that phase where I was starting to build up there. Mm. So where I initially thought I knew everything mm. and then everybody fooled me and I thought I knew nothing. I was starting to learn that. So finally, uh, Pavan said, you know what, you, and, I, and, I, and I ignored him. I said, no, I'm not going to agree to this. I'm not going to rebuild the entire product. We'll spend 60 lakh rupees on it. Whatever it is, it is. Mm. And we will use this. Mm. And we will make it work. So patch it up. Mm. So Pawan, you know, said, okay, sure. And he left. And it was in May of uh, 2019 that we had a review by Agility's VP of Technology. Mm. So Prasanna, he did the review and he said, this is not true microservices. This won't scale. Mm. And you have so many issues with it. Mm. Initially, I was pissed. Mm. I was very pissed. Because I was like, we plan for all this. Mm. Excuse me. Mm. We plan for all this, and it's not possible that um, the product doesn't work like I'm advertising it. Mm. It's like it does. So yeah, I can show you it does. Yeah. And he's like, no, it doesn't. You can't scale this. There's no architecture behind it. There's no infrastructure planning behind it. Mm. You've done. You've just built a product. Mm. But if you want to scale this, this will not work. This is your MVP. Mm. And so he gave a big, biggest support to Agility and Agility, you know, called me and said, we're not investing anymore because this doesn't work. Mm. And you know, I went back to Pawan and Pawan said, I told you. Mm. And I'm like, okay, fine. You told me. I don't want to hear this anymore. Give me the blueprint of what should be built. Mm. And by that time, we had hired the second batch also. Mm. Okay. Of intern. So my strategy was. Since I couldn't afford industry developers mm. and also I couldn't really understand who was good and who was not, I um, I was hiring very good interns from the colleges for the fourth year. They didn't have any experience of building, mm. but they made up for that by working extra hard, by being extra committed and extra passionate. Mm. So one thing I did good was I really, really hired good interns. Mm. Like culture fit, development fit, everything. And I must thank Pavan also for it because he was a brains behind this where he really chose the right thing. So we would go to the colleges, we would screen like 2,000 candidates and hire maybe less than 20, maybe 15, that's what we had. Those were true blue candidates, okay, really good ones. So, Pavan said, I really don't know exactly what to do, mm. 
but I know what to be done. And I will, and by that time he had researched the architecture and everything and he came up. He said, this is how true microservices is done. So I told him, look, one thing I will tell you, I've raised fresh funds. You have nine months to deliver this project. In nine months, you do whatever you want. And in nine months, I want this project done. So Pawan said, I'll get it done. Mm. And that was a nightmare of a period for me because Pawan didn't know what he was doing. He had never built something like that. He only knew it theory. Maheshwar didn't know what he was doing. He only knew it in theory. We were running three projects in parallel and we didn't have the bandwidth to do that. Mm. Like as a company, we've always built on far more than we can chew. Okay. So Akhil was running the supply chain project. We had never built a supply chain management system and I wanted one to be integrated with the main platform. Problem was the main platform architecture wasn't done. Mm. So whatever Akhil would do, we knew we would have to redo it. But I couldn't wait. So I told Akhil, you go ahead and you build it and we will redo it. Maheshwar was already working on the internal platform, patching it up because there were users on it, right? And we couldn't leave them empty. We couldn't tell them, no, the product doesn't work, so you go away. So Maheshwar was keeping on patching up the internal product. And at the same time, Maheshwar was starting to do the UI UX work right. for the new product. Yeah. But he couldn't do the UI UX work for the new product because the new platform architecture wasn't ready. Right. And the new platform screens weren't ready. So he couldn't do the UI work, mm. couldn't do the UX work. Mm. So everything was like, it, it was literally trying to keep a banana boat uh, steady in a you know very stormy sea. Mm. You can't keep it steady, it is going this way, that way, everything. One thing I told the team was, I really, really will go be behind you no matter what you do. No matter where you take me, I'm with you 100%. You just keep me apprised of everything that you're doing mm. and you have my full support. Mm. My management came, like uh, Saikat, uh, there were others who came that time, who said, how can you trust these youngsters with this much of responsibility? You're giving your entire uh, company's you know, responsibility to these kids. They're 21-year-old, 22-year-old kids, you're giving them. And for me, I was like, I made mistakes in choosing people, sure. Mm. But I've also made certain good choices in people. That's also true. And I've learned over time who to, who to trust and who not to. And these kids will die, but they'll not give up. And that's the reason why I'm choosing them now. And we will have to wait to watch, but I'm sure they'll deliver. So Pawan initially had planned to deliver it by December. December went, January, January went, February, February went, March, finally the delivery happened. Mm. This time around, the architecture was true. And the product had tons of glitches lots of orchestrations were half done and tied up. It is like when you see a large building no? and you know the building is solid, it's been built well, but the you know the priming hasn't been done, the lights haven't been put in the right places. So it's a fine-tuning which was remaining. Did anybody cross-check again, Prasanna? Who? The, uh, the CTO. No, no, no. So that's a funny thing. So uh, we launched the platform in uh, April mm. and we got a few customers going and they were complaining that sometimes this marketplace doesn't work, sometimes that. And we knew that there were bugs and we were sorting them, but they were not core issues. Mm -hmm. They were surface issues which mm -hmm. you could sort quickly. And at that time, Pavan was still going mad trying to you know, manage all these. Our system at the time had 32 microservices. You imagine a 21-year-old kid managed 31 microservices single-handedly. Managed a 25-member team single-handedly. And the team worked themselves to the death. Mm -hmm. They literally worked Sundays, Saturdays, nights, you, you name it. Through national holidays, we, we, we didn't stop working. And that is what finally was out there. Then what happened was COVID happened. And, you know, we could not test it. There was nothing to do. Shipping wasn't happening, so we couldn't test the shipping. Nothing was happening, so there was no way to test it then. So what we did was we went out of the country and we found a customer in Middle East, mm. a large customer. Mm. They wanted to test the system. Mm. And by God, we passed in me. Mm. They literally tested a million products in 15 minutes on the system. Mm. A million orders, a million orders in 15 minutes. I mean, nobody gets a million orders in 15 minutes, but they tested it to that level. Mm. And at 63% capacity on a single server, the system flew. So I was finally relieved that yes, I trusted the right person and they built the right product. You didn't trust right people, right? I mean, if you look at other people, um, the girls handling the management side. Yeah, I mean Priyanka, Bhavya, Ayushi. They're, they're there since the start. Oh yeah, they've been there since the start. They're, you know, now they're married. Soon they'll have children. I think we've grown as a family, as a business. But uh, yeah, I mean, look. Uh, the good thing is that to inspire, I mean, they're loyal to you. They are. They are. And they look up to you. Yeah, 
that uh, today, yes. Mm. I mean, look, uh, I'll say this. These people were all hired as interns at one time when I couldn't pay them full salary. Right. And, and uh, stuck with you when you couldn't pay them also. Oh, yeah. There were months in between when we went bankrupt in 2017 and yeah. 2020 where we couldn't pay them and nobody left, nobody complained. Mm. They were like, you know, we'll see it through. And you know, that's rare to have loyalty of that kind in a team. Right, right. And, you know, people did come and say, we don't know where it's going or we don't know what your strategy is. And I explained, but they never complained about the fact that. So, no, no, I mean, sorry to interrupt, but the point I'm trying to make is, is these strangers whom you hire randomly and you trusted them, they were there with you. Certain people in the tech departments, unfortunately, mainly the CTOs, uh, backstabbed you, not for a better word. Now, Saikans, your childhood friend, co-founder, he also left you. He left. But on the other side, people, strangers will start with you. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, Saikat didn't leave me. I asked him to leave. Okay. So let's be honest on that front. Uh, Saikat wanted to stay, wanted to do his best. But to be very honest, Saikat underperformed. Yeah, and um, he couldn't keep up what was required of uh, him. He was the right man for the wrong job. Yeah, correct. So, I mean, it's my fault, to be very honest. Back in 2016, to have started off with Saikat. Uh, because um, I should have seen the fact that he wasn't going to be at the level where you expected what I expected right. of him. So, um, is, there is also a problem that you won't listen and you would only listen to certain people, right? I mean, there was a requirement. I mean, we saw it. I've right? grown as a person. So, yeah, yeah you did. I mean, did. But earlier, you would listen. I mean, had you listened yeah, to Arjuna, had you listened to me for that time when I was consulting also? It's not exactly that, Shiran. See, think about it this way. I. I've never worked in corporate, right. okay? I've never worked in startups, okay? I've only had two kinds of work experience. On the streets and in the Navy, mm. okay? So in the Navy, you don't fool. In the streets, you always fool. Mm. So both extremes I've seen, okay? So on the streets when I was delivering, no, I knew what to expect. And I wasn't, ex I wasn't dealing with polished corporate people lying on your face. Right. That's a very different thing. Because in the corporate world, in the, in the business world, when you're working, you know, over time, you learn a skill. That skill is how to do, how to say white lies. You're doing it all the time. You're doing it all the time. Everyone is doing it all the time. You and I, between us, also do maybe a lie at times, not being true to our what we are. What right. we are, right? And when strangers meet you, especially when they've been in, in in the industry for a bit of time, they're going to fool you. Right. Starting from writing that CV. Right. To being able to uh, talk to you, to being able to give you the wrong reports, mm. to being able to give you the wrong data and fooling you throughout. Does that happen in India or anywhere? I've, I've not worked everywhere. I've worked in France and Singapore a little bit. I've not seen this so much in Singapore. People are very, very, very right. Uh, and yeah, very, yeah. very honest. Mm. Uh, Paris, um, I've, I've worked in Rocket Internet. Mm. So the culture there is a little screwed up. So I would say I've seen people do that in Rocket Internet, but not to this extent. So, I've hired people like Alok, Harsh, uh, Harsh was okay, I guess, but Alok and um, there were others who I hired during that period. They, they were your category managers. Category managers, huh? I hired from eBay. I specifically tasked them to find the key accounts and bring them up, and they did nothing, and they gave me completely completely wrong reports. Wrong reports. I'll give you an example. Alok literally put the products for sale as $1 items. Mm. Okay? Telling the sellers that you'll increase your numbers, you increase your traction, mm. and later that will get you more orders when you increase your price. Mm. Telling me that he's increasing the orders for them. Mm. Okay. 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 So he was fooling both parties at the same time and getting what he wanted. He was getting his metrics, his incentives. Mm. I hired uh, salespeople, okay, Dibendu, Aditya, who went and straightforward lied to the customers. Right. Making pro I literally had mails from Aditya where he had said that he's going to give three dedicated people to the customer for 60,000 rupees a year. How can you give three dedicated people? You know fully well you're not supposed to be Just to get to the targets. And Aditya is a fresher. He's not really worked in the industry for that long. He only had one year experience. So he was given the wrong training. Mm -hmm. And not just Aditya. There were other salespeople who were making false promises. Sandeep Shivastav, um, quite a few other people who were making false promises in the industry. Absolutely false promises. 
and that for a period completely ruined your reputation. Mm. In 2019, I had to do a complete rebranding of the company to get out of that mess because you know your branding typically, uh, if you look at it in NLP terms, it goes from minus one to plus one. Okay, we were closing minus one. To bring it back from minus one to zero would have been a tough task. Right. It is easier to let that brand lie alone for some time and build a fresh brand from zero onwards. Mm. Right. So mm. you you are not going to make the same mistakes. Mm. Easier that way. That's a decision I took. So with I think. One of the key mistakes I made in Unimart, two key mistakes I made in Unimart. One, um, not going to an accelerator early on. I would have had the mentorship, the community, and the guidance that I needed. Mm. I kind of developed everything in a vacuum uh, because honestly, in Banjara Hills, Hyderabad, you don't have any startups. Right, okay. Know. Even if I had been here, maybe I would have met two, three people. Right. Out there, there's none. Right, okay. Right. And you chose that place because I chose for isolation. Uh. Honestly, I wanted my team not to get influenced by others, but that affected me in a way. Yeah. And also, to be honest, look at 2020. Everybody is doing virtual accelerators. Mm -hmm. At that time, I got into Reliance Accelerator, I got into Rocket Space Accelerator, big accelerators. Right. But they wanted me to shift, yeah. and I wouldn't shift because my team was there, mm -hmm. right? So these are some of the reasons why I rejected accelerators. So this is one big mistake I did. I should have gone to the accelerators. There's a huge amount of learning you get. Yeah. I was learning, constantly learning, reading books reading playbooks, understanding things and making my strategies. How much of that does really work? You should have spoken to experts, right? Didn't do that way. Have these Mahindra, Morley kind of things could have been sorted out had I been in a accelerator. The, the coaches would have told me that. Right, right, right. Okay. And you would have listened to them. Because they come, they have a stature, you know. That's also there, yeah. yes. They come from the same industry, having done the same thing, right. I would have listened to them. Right, right. They would have every reason to listen to them. Fair enough. But okay, and on the, the second big mistake I did was people. Mm. There were people in my company who were telling me the truth mm. and there were people in my company who were telling me the lies. Mm. And I was treating both of them equally, equally. True. which is not the right thing to do. Mm. As a CEO, you should be able to see through people. Mm. You should be able to tell who's lying and who's not. You blindly trusted everybody. I blindly trusted everybody. This was till 2018 March. Mm. Then things changed. And you lost about uh, 60 to 70 lakhs in the process. Right. Much more. Much more. Much more. Uh, so it's a lot of money for the start. It's a lot of money, yeah, and it's my fault. So, I mean, if you look at it, um, uh, yeah, then Sanjay, uh, Murali, Mahendra, uh, Alok, uh, Ravi, well, Ravi was a good employee, so shouldn't mention Ravi, yeah. Uh, so, you know, a few of them put together, Gaurav, etc., put together, I think, Sandeep Shivastava, Aditya, Dibendu. Uh, Dibendu tried in the first year, second year, I think Dibendu completely lost his thing, and he was anyway starting his own business on the side yeah. without telling me. I saw the signs. See, this is learning as a CEO, right? right. I, I shouldn't have had to make the mistakes and learn. That's my fault. Uh, maybe somebody could have told me also. Mm. But today, I'm a very different person. See, also today, I'm a lot closer to what Archana thinks. And Archana is a lot closer to what I think. But that time, we had two completely separate thought processes. Archana was completely conservative coming from old school business. And I was completely Google. I was completely like, no, everything has to be open, etc. Not realizing that Google in its early days would not have followed the same. Okay, so uh, you know, making that mistake, many most entrepreneurs do this. You you tend to look at a company in its later stages and think that that is what I should be doing, whereas you should have seen what that company did in its early days. Okay, so people were the second mistake I did, and I was treating both equally. And in 2018, I started changing things completely. I became much tougher as a CEO, I became much more demanding as a CEO, I became much more detail oriented as a CEO. Earlier I was like, it's your work, you do it, I only look at the results. Right, right, right. 2018 I said, no, I'm going to control the process and I'm not control the process, but I'm going to talk to you and together we will set the process and you will follow the process. Okay. And I'm going to have weekly meetings and I'm going to see the process being developed. Mm -hmm. I'm going to see the KPIs being met. Mm -hmm. Now we follow OKRs, that time we used to follow KPIs. So, as a CEO, I feel that, that these are the two biggest learnings for me, that I should have gone to mentors and other people early on, would have learned a lot from them. I have this hubris, this ego that I know everything, right. and which is completely wrong. And also at the same time, I hired people and I couldn't see through them. Right. Which as a CEO is completely yeah. fucked up, you know. If you are isolated also, you work from a part of the city where nobody is there. No tech companies. No, no tech no companies. No startup is there. No startups there, yes. Yeah. And so isolation also, I guess in a way, was good for us, but in a way was bad for us. So as a CEO, I think I I was okay as an individual contributor. Mm. I was very good in 17, 18 also. 
Like I, I, I knew what I was doing. But um, as a CEO, I really matured in 2018. I believe as an individual contributor, as an IC, uh, you managed to raise funds, sell, get your initial customers, change. Yeah, I was doing the same thing. Marketing, everything. You were doing everything, right? Single identity, right? And you raised money from a top investor. Yeah, so individually I did, but yeah. as a CEO I had I was failing in 2016, 17. Right. I was failing. It was only 2018 March onwards that I fired all these people that I didn't like. Right. Um, I asked some people to leave. I literally fired my entire tech, uh, entire uh, half of my tech team. Mm. I fired most of my uh, sales team. Like in 2018 December, I took over the sales team when I realized Devendu was leading them astray mm. and he was giving them the wrong things. I told Devendu, you're on notice. And I took the entire sales team and I told that within two months, if you don't change, all of you are fired. And in January, I literally fired the whole team and kept one girl only. So for me, and okay, I didn't have to fire some of them. Some of them realized where the tide was flowing and they left on their own. And then, you know, lots of things happened. So there were HR processes that were not. So I think both, and okay, I'll also mention this. I think, honestly, at that period, both Archana and I were evolving and getting closer. We were, we were coming to the midpoint. Where Archana was extremely uh, conservative in her approach. She was like that old school, you shouldn't give employees this, you shouldn't tell employees that, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. So that was her approach and mine was the extreme Google approach where we were like, you should do this and you should tell employees everything and everything was open. Right, right, right. right. So we started getting more to the center where we started building more like an onion, layers, right? So your core team knows something, your, your, your nucleus knows something, then your you know, outer team knows something. So we started building layers of trust. We also made in 2019 a major change where we said, if somebody is not a culture fit, no matter how brilliant or good they look at paper, we don't hire anymore. And now I know how to hire senior people also. One problem I had in 2018 till 2018 was I couldn't take charge of senior people. Right, right, right. right. So I couldn't tell them, no, you have to do this. I was still being very courteous, very polite that, okay, you've got 20 years of industry experience. You've been an industry leader. How can I tell you about it? Mm. 2019, I owned my role. I started owning my role that I am the CEO of the company and it's my job to tell you what to do. So today if I hire a head of sales mm. and he's not following my process, I will go and tell him that dude you've got 7 days to change mm. or else please find your own way. This change happened in me, this steel came in me, look I've always been very disciplined, very process oriented. Problem was my team was not. Yeah, and you expected everybody else to be the same. Yeah, but then in 20, and given how good we got at hiring people, 2020 was an unbelievably good year for us. Right. COVID happened and we should have gone, we should have sunk. Mm. Honestly, we should have sunk with COVID because the product wasn't fully ready. It hadn't stabilized. We didn't have paying customers. Mm. There was no paying customer at the beginning of COVID. We didn't have uh, the operation settled. There was no sales team, zero sales people. Okay. There was no um, marketing. There was one person in marketing at that time. Okay, two people in marketing at that time. Two. We should have sunk. Mm. Our money had run out. Mm. We were running on fumes. Mm. So everything was wrong. April, I was going crazy. Mm. I was like, I don't know what the hell I'll do with this pandemic that has struck. Mm. The government has locked us down. Mm. Just when I was like, I finished building my product. Finally, I can go to market. Mm. And this happened. So. And, you know, I'd also shut off my service sales. Mm. And myself, who will take service sales in the middle of the pandemic? There was nothing to do. Right. But the fact that the team was so damn good mm. by this time is born in the result. Think of it. I took my operations head, I took my head of product, and I took my head of supply chain. I took few people from operations teams, and created a sales team. Right. You have no idea how quickly and how good these guys did the research and how well they brought the customers. I decided to build a complete marketing automation product in the middle of the pandemic so that we can see full data. Mm. I decided to build a complete uh, sales and marketing automation in the middle of the pandemic. Mm. Marketing automation is like unbelievably crazily difficult to do mm. because what you're trying to do is you're trying to do hyper personalized targeted uh, sales. Mm. Where you can track each person from the time they search for you or they see your ad or they do anything to the time they come on your website, you can see everything they saw, how much they saw, to the time they sign in and whatever they did at a clickstream level, at a keystroke level, you can track. Right. This is crazy difficult to build. Ah. We built it in the middle of the pandemic with three people. Okay. And today, thanks to that, in January, 
I can literally see every one of my marketing streams separately. At content, normally you would never get the feedback how many people actually came in from content. Right. You'd never get the feedback how many people actually came in from social media. Right. Because a sign up is not a UK brand, right? right? On a content, somebody saw a blog and went, went to the sign up page. You wouldn't know. You know. Now I know which category of content is performing how. Not just content, which category of content is performing how and what intent is it linked to. This is something we built in the middle of the pandemic. When you, what do you mean by what intent is? Because we have like uh, four, five categories of merchants, mm. and each category, uh, and we've got like twenty categories of blogs. So we've got hundred and fifty blogs, mm. which are categorized into twenty, and, and that uh, twenty then has three, which is medium, easy, hard. Okay. So basically, if I see somebody coming into supply chain with a hard level, I know that that person's already covered easy and medium. So then they can directly start functioning, and we should pitch them as a key. That key account. Key is your key account. That's intent. Right. right? right. So. Essentially, so now segmentized. You know what segment he falls under. Yeah, but uh, much more than that. If I see that he's only at the first part of the blog, then I know he doesn't fall under that. Right. And you but if I send more material, or you tend I to follow up with him. But right. if I see that he's gone through the entire thing, then I can give him different prompts. Oh, yeah. Okay. So this entire thing is marketing work, which is far from done. There's another six months of work in uh, doing the deep learning model and building all those automated prompts and onboarding and user journey and all. Right now, we are doing that. Um, but the fact is, we built it in the middle of the pandemic. Okay, the ABM, that always marketing thing, where you are basically, it's like a, I like to call it like the DNA structure. It's basically the double helical structure where sales and marketing are intertwined. Right. Okay. So normally, sales and marketing work in, uh, it, it's like a, it's it's like a straight line value chain where marketing finishes, sales takes over, right? Because marketing's job is to generate the leads and then sales takes over. ABM is not that. ABM is sales and marketing like the double helical structure. Right, and there are agreements between them understanding between them. No, no, they are using the same system and operating on the same level. Okay. okay. Okay, and this entire thing is automated. So, essentially, the biggest cost for any sales organization is not the salespeople. Mm. It is the BD people. Okay. Okay. Because you have a large team of BD people at the bottom of the pyramid who are doing nothing but uh, hunting. Who are basically hunting the leads and then pushing them up the pipeline and then you've got a few key salespeople who are closing the deals. Okay, Closing the deals, you still need a human being. You can't automate that. But this entire hunting process, you can automate. How do you automate that? You put in a, key, you put in a URL of a company. Your system should be able to give you all the data about that company. Your system should be able to give you the list of decision makers of that company. Your system should be able to give you their email IDs, their phone numbers and their backgrounds. Your system should be able to automatically connect with them on LinkedIn. Right. Should be automatically sending them mails, warming them up, seeing their response to the mails, and then sending follow-up cadences. This is entire workflow automation, which is massive. Right? We built it. We built it in the middle of the pandemic. This marketing automation, the stabilization of the product, this account-based marketing, this the fact that we actually got the GCC customer and we launched, you know, this entire Unimart platform took us 18 months to build. We managed to launch 2x of that, like literally with a complete hierarchy management, admin side, everything completely done for the Gulf market in 6 months. 18 months it took us to build the original Unimart platform. How could the team had become that they built entirely Unimart version 2 right. in 6 months straight. Right. Plus we did marketing automation, all the AI products came to life. Today we've got 5 AI products which are actually working. This is testament. And not bullshit AI. No, 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 actually, yeah. actually, yeah. today you put in an image and the system will automatically improve it within seconds. You test it out. Or you put it in, it will tell you the pricing. You put it in, it will tell you the keyword. Forget keyword, it, it will write the whole content for you. Right. Beautiful, beautiful English content. And you found a customer problem. Yeah, we, we have customers are paying for this. So, the point is, when I was in 2018, when everything was fucked up and nothing was going well, to where we got in 2020, when everything was going well, there is only one thing that is differentiating between the two. It's a team. And your learning curve. Well, my learning curve is the team. Right. But the point is it's a team. Right. Right? The fact that I hired right, the fact that I was quick in firing people if they were not working, the fact that that is how we, we kept shining the knife, as you say, right? The knife has to be shined, right? So when, when, when you sharpen the knife, you, you're getting rid of particles on the top, so that's how the knife stays sharp. So you, you're doing it constantly. You're doing it constantly, right? So today, I can read through people. Even if you're very senior, 
and you are accustomed to lying, I will push you into a corner and I will find out what's the reality when, in, in my interviews. Right? And even if I can't, in the first one month, I'll see from your work and I'll fire you. Right. If you're not good. You won't hesitate. I will not hesitate. Yeah. And I will not hesitate to tell you what your job is. Right. And if you're not doing it and you're not hitting your metrics, I will not think twice. This was not there in me in 2018. So I think, yeah, and okay, at the same time, Archana's evolved where she used to think where she couldn't trust anybody. Today she trusts the team. So, you know, for Archana, it was very difficult to trust people. Because uh, she was like, they are employees, we are the, we are the management. Mm. So how do you trust a team like that? You can't trust them with something so important. But with time she saw that yes, there were certain people who fooled us and tricked us and all that. So that, that trust curve went down for Achyana even more. And then she saw how some people worked like crazy to get it up again. People like Priyanka, Bhavya, Pavan, Maheshwar, Akhil mm. and so many others. How they built the thing completely, the company with us. And their family, right? They built the company. As much as I build the company, they build the company, right? So it's not like Shai Kozumdar did this. Shai Kozumdar, no matter how good he is, couldn't have built Yudhman on his own. Right? And each one of them are excellent. So now Archana is able to trust them, not the newcomers. She still takes time to build trust and now I want to take time to build trust. Okay, so Archana is more emotional than me. I am much more uh, pragmatic. I am much more process oriented. And when it comes to people, I am much more uh, data oriented. Archana is much more emotional, but she's got that intuitive ability to read through people, which I developed to a large extent, but I'm still not as good as her. So I think we both came to the midpoint where we kind of agree on everything now. So today, the frequency aligns to the point where even if I have not said something, Archana knows what I'm saying. She knows what you're saying. That wasn't there in 2018. So yeah, as is, I think the biggest change in the company is the team. Now I think this will be good enough. And okay. the next I will cover when I come to your place, I'll cover your product as a whole, AI parts, deep learning, that's one thing. And again I'll redo your valuation of the funding and every aspect. So we'll have four levels. Okay, that's it. This is just shut How long can we speak? One hour? Uh, no man, 40 minutes. 40 minutes? 53 minutes. Yeah, I thought it was a one hour.